Hello, this is Pastor Logan with Wednesday Bible Study. Um, glad to have you with us. Um, this will air also this evening at 630. Um, so anyway, we're going to go and get into, I think, uh, the last bit of uh, the discipline of guidance, finish up with the discipline of guidance, uh, Richard J. Foster's wonderful work, uh, the celebration of disciplines. And then by the end of the year, the next couple of Wednesdays, we'll finish the book. We will actually finish the book, I believe, God willing. Uh, we started this book in January, pre-COVID, and now we're about to finish it uh, towards the end of the year. <clears throat> and I believe it has been, um, uh, it's been a tremendous uh, um, study for myself and hopefully for you as well as we look at the disciplines that help to transform us into true Christ-likeness. Uh, today we're going to finish up with the discipline of guidance. And if ever there is a need of guidance uh, in our uh, individual lives as well as in this country, uh, it is now. And and so we're going to uh, finish that last little bit of this and um, and uh, move on from here. I believe it'll be a, a very interesting study for us today. Let's pray, and then we'll get right into it. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this, this afternoon, and we thank you for this opportunity to once again study the disciplines uh, that make us, uh, will help make us uh, transform into the likeness of Jesus Christ. We know that you have apprehended us for the purposes of showing the world who you are and that these disciplines are just as necessary as a as an Olympic runner, as a, uh, a disciplined uh, person in academics um, and discipline and in, in, uh, as the works of discipline in all aspects of our natural human life. Uh, there are spiritual disciplines as well that will help uh, to transform us into champions uh, for Christ. Uh, we know that we are indeed his workmanship, made in Christ Jesus to do good works. And we don't want to leave anything on in this earth realm um, that uh, without pouring out Christ to everyone that we come in contact with. So again, I thank you for it. And I thank you again for the work that Richard J. Foster has done in this book. Uh, speak to my mind, think to my mind, and speak to my lips. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. <clears throat> All right, let's get into it. So we left off at um, the discipline or the spiritual director and uh, the realization that we need spiritual directors in our life. And I don't think we got but to uh, point one and two. So I'm going to read those. I won't go into them, but I'll read those, and then we'll get off, uh, jump off at, at uh, number three. It says, it is a beautiful expression of divine guidance through the help of our brothers and sisters. What is the purpose of a spiritual director? A 17th century Benedictine mystic, Dom Augustine Baker, writes, in a word, he is only God's usher and must lead souls in God's way and not his own. His direction is simply and clearly to lead us to our real director. He is the means of God to open the path to the inward teaching of Holy Spirit. Two, his function is purely and simply charismatic. He leads only by the force of his own personal holiness. He is not a superior or some ecclesiastically appointed authority. 
The relationship is of an advisor to a friend. So we'll start at number three. Number three, all this talk of soul and spirit might lead us to think that spiritual direction deals only with small corners or compartments of our lives. That is, we would go to a spiritual director to care for our spirit the way we might go to an ophthalmologist to care for our eyes. Such an approach is false. Spiritual direction is concerned with the whole person and the interrelationship of all of life. You know, one of our, uh, our, our vision statements uh, uh, as we started this ministry was that we will use and teach the Word of God in a practical way to impact all areas of our life. And I really believe that's what the Word of God is for. Way too many people, Christians, uh, compartmentalize uh, their, their faith. And so they have a spiritual side, uh, but that spiritual side really uh, disconnects from all other aspects of their life. And so obviously, if, if, if it's just a spiritual thing, then you would need advisory, uh, spiritual guidance uh, to the other aspects of your life, like marriage, like work, uh, like recreation, uh, like all of those things that make us who we are. Uh, if we compartmentalize them, we can separate out, we can separate out uh, the Spirit of God and other people other guidance in other aspects of the life. For myself, I know I need guidance, spiritual guidance, that impacts all areas of my life. For instance, uh, I need guidance, spiritual guidance, on rest, on how much rest I need, that rest is, is, is necessary. Rest, recreation, um, uh, vacation, uh, all of those things, uh, a lot of my understanding about the need for rest came from spiritual guidance, not, not other people, not me kind of figuring it out. Uh, one of the best uh, guidance I received concerning uh, rest uh, was uh, Dr. Price would often say that when he fills out his calendar for the year, uh, this is a spiritual mentor uh, in my, uh, for, for me that has kind of helped me to walk out the Word of God, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, and, and I just thoroughly have enjoyed his teachings over the year and was had an opportunity to be a part of his church, very large church. So when I say that he was a mentor, it's not like I was close enough, close to him, but I was close enough to hear the teachings and to watch in some degree his life. But I remember him saying that one of the things, again, as spiritual guidance, one of the things that he does, he adds his vacation at the very beginning of the year and then works around that. Uh, and, 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 and I began to understand that, that vacation and rest, Sabbath leaves, are, are not a luxury. They are a necessity. Well, where did I get that from? I got that from spiritual guidance. The need for recreation, I got from spiritual guidance. How to be a good father, I got from spiritual guidance. How to be a good husband, I got from spiritual guidance. Uh, up close and personal from people that I actually know and rub shoulders with, and actually through through the reading of the Word of God and through hearing teaching on it, uh, as well as uh, just the, 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 the Scriptures themselves. That 
the word of God, because God is involved, God created everything, and he created all things for our enjoyment. So why wouldn't we include spiritual guidance in all aspects of our life and people who can guide us in those areas in our life? And I think you'll find that out. Business, spiritual guidance. Relationships, spiritual guidance. Uh, so there's, there's someone uh, who can help us uh, navigate through all areas of our life uh, if we seek that kind of guidance. Number four, spiritual direction is first born out of a natural, spontaneous human relationships. The ordinary kinds of caring and sharing that belong to the Christian community are the starting point for spiritual direction. Out of them will flow kingdom authority through mutual subordination and servanthood. So basically, unless you're in a, a group kind of setting or have befriended, are a friend and have befriended others and have, have availed yourself to friendships that happen organically, really can't move into spiritual guidance until we have just the organic kind of relationships that are formed. So if you are an islander and, and just say it's just me and God and the Bible, then you probably are missing out on a level of spiritual guidance uh, through just friendships, through organic relationships that just kind of grow up um, through our spending time with one another, through proximity uh, with one another. Uh, so there's something wonderful about just being in a group where you're getting to know people and people are also getting to know you. And from that, relationships have begun. You know, we meet with a, a group of men, have been doing so for, for now probably a decade or more. And uh, most of the people in that group, that men's group, have, have remained the same. So we have been together for that long, that length of time. And so there's some organic kind of relationships that have formed out of that in which we are able to talk and receive uh, guidance from one another and subordinate ourselves to one another, one another, one another in order to receive that, that, uh, that type of guidance. But that spawned over periods of long periods of time in which we have grown um, affectionately toward one another and vulnerable toward one another and have seen through our relationships a, a, turn, a changing uh, because of these relationships that we have, have learned to see things maybe differently and, and, and have sought the guidance of others as we've gone through different periods of our life where we submit some of our thoughts and some of our plans even uh, to one another. So, but it came out of, we didn't just grow, we didn't just wake up one day and all of a sudden we just spill our guts out to one another. No, it's come, come through a level of trust through years of, of cultivating that. And so we need that. So out of that comes a level of spiritual guidance that we have received from that, that affects all areas of our life, all areas of our life. Number five, the ordinary kinds of caring and sharing that belong to the Christian community are the starting point for spiritual direction. Out of them will flow kingdom authority through natural subordination and serving. I think I just, I think I just reread that one. Um, but anyway, it was good listening to it again. Uh, number six, a spiritual director must be a person who has developed a comfortable acceptance 
of himself or herself. That is a genuine maturity must pervade all that person's life. So if someone is, is, is operating as a spiritual director in our lives, it means that they, they have gone through levels of transformation themselves and have gotten to a place in their own lives where there is a comfort with themselves. In other words, they're comfortable in their own skin. They're, they, they are the, the insecurities of their life are 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 dwindling down uh, and and even disappearing, because when a person uh, has no longer the need uh, to to uh, preserve themselves or to hide uh, levels of their life, then they can expose you to their own challenges, their own difficulties. Um, they can also share with you some of their own victories, and it not be. Uh, in the sense of um, of trying to make or uh, it appears though uh, that they are in any way uh, superior to you, that's a wonderful relationship to be a part of. When people actually truly are so very comfortable with themselves that that they can share themselves with you, that's a beautiful thing. That uh, that they can actually share their weaknesses, their vulnerabilities. Uh, they can share in humorous ways, oftentimes, um, uh, life's challenges before you and share how they made it through or, or how they're making it through some of the, the ways that they actually are learning to go through different things in their lives. And, and life is, let's just admit it, life is humorous. Uh, when we go back and listen to some of our stories that we're now able to share with other people because we, we are, are comfortable uh, with that, and we don't, we're not pretentious. We don't try to make ourselves appear to be something that we're not. Um, they're laughable. <laughs> they are funny. I could tell you some stories, man, that are just funny. But people grow from those stories. They they know that that they too will pass, and be able to share those with some level of comfort is just wonderful. Uh, number seven, uh, like Paul, who thought of Timothy as his beloved child. Now listen to this very closely. They must be prepared to take on certain parental responsibilities. There must be a tough love that refuses to give approval to, to every whim. They should also know enough of the human psyche that they will not reinforce unconscious and infantile needs for authoritarianism. You know, um, it's important for us to be in the kinds of relationship where people really do see uh, their part in their life as a nurturer, that they truly are nurturing something in you, and that they really watch over you as a parent would a child, um, that they would care for you with that type of intensity and deliberateness. Uh, that that person means so much to me that I dare not share not share with them the truth. Man, that's a blessing to have people in your life like that. That I dare not, because I love you so much, withhold truth from you. That's a good relationship. That someone has a right to call you up and say to you, "Hey, may I share something with you? Uh, can I can I just show share with you an observation?" Can I just be be very candid and very frank with you about some things? That is a blessing. That is not to to make you feel bad or 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 
or to, to make you feel little, that is to really uh, undergird you and strengthen you. Listen to these scriptures here. This is out of the book of uh, Hebrews chapter 7. It says, If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? You know, any of you that have children know that chastening is part of the, is part of, uh, the package. Uh, I've got four children. I've had to chasten, as it were, every single one of them. Now, when I say chasten, do I mean I beat them with a stick uh, or beat them with a switch or take a belt out? And, and Not necessarily, not all the time. There's a time maybe for a switching early in their lives to, 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 to uh, get a point over, not kill them, obviously, and not bruise them, uh, but just a, a mere uh, switching. I hope I can say that. Uh, but but in later in life, we speak truth to them. We speak truth to them all the time, but we, we love them so much that we don't give them passes on disobedience. We don't give them pass, passes when their personalities uh, just uh, are affecting the whole of our family and themselves. We, we speak, we chasten them with our words, just like God. God, God can give you a lashing without any physical uh, tools, just with the word of God. I've been lashed. I have been literally lashed uh, by the word of God. Uh, and so to have people in our lives that care enough for us and about us to treat us with a parental kind of authority in our lives, a loving parental, not a loving uh, dictatorship kind or manipulative kind, but a true loving, I love you and I will not, I will not withhold the truth from you. I will love you with affection and care. And I said this a couple of Sundays ago, and I think it bears repeating, uh, that affirmation is the bed for correction. In other words, if we affirm people recognize people, speak to people, and recognize their good and qualities and talents, and speak those out, then there are going to be times when we need or will need to correct them. And when we do, it'll fall on that bed of affirmation. And I know, I know they, just, they, just, they just dice me up in correction. But boy, I know on this bed of affirmation and, and, uh, and their love and their care for me uh, that, that, I can, that it's okay. It's not hard. If there's nothing but uh, correction, then everything seems to be hard, just pronounced hard. So another scripture, <clears throat> listen to this one as well. And uh, it says, so I just read Hebrews to you. It says, therefore I urge you, uh, wait a minute, where are we at? Here we go. For through you, for though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you, imitate me. That means follow me. I'm, I'm your leader. For this reason, I have sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord, who remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach everywhere in every church. Man, j just that scripture alone. He says, he says uh, you have many instructors in Christ, 
but not many of them that really care enough to you to get into the dirty parts of your life. Not enough that will get into and involve themselves in the dirty parts of life, in the messy parts of life, in the tearful parts of life, in the sloppy parts of life, in the difficult areas of life. Where do you need guidance most? You don't need guidance. You don't need necessarily guidance when everything is smooth and nice. And No, you need guidance when you are in a mess. <laughs> like someone come and show me how to get out of here. You know, and this is messy. And, and I really do believe, you know, that the reason many times uh, people don't get involved in people's life is just for that reason. It is messy. Uh, parenting, if you do it right, is messy. And that's what he's saying here. You have many instructors in Christ, and there are those people that can, can send you a good message, a good word, but they're not necessarily involved with your life. That's why I think it's so vitally necessary for people to be involved in a local church. You know, it's wonderful to get your word from, from uh, and I have nothing, absolutely nothing, against um, ministers that you receive uh, by way of, of um, you know, uh, television or even online, uh, and you watch them, they have a good, sound, solid word, doctrine is good, but you need to somebody that can plow into your mess, <laughs> Someone that can actually speak into the messes of our life. Someone that can touch you, maybe even choke you, you know, or at least grab you real hard and shake you real good. Uh, we need those kind of people in our life that are going to do that so that we live in a sense of community where someone where we can be uh, uh, parented, as it were, by those who, who really love us. Not, in, subord not in, a, in a subordinate way, but in a loving, caring way. Number eight, <clears throat> spiritual directors must be on the inward journey themselves and be willing to share their own struggles and doubts. I think we kind of already said that. You know, if someone is going to guide you, let's make sure that they're on the road, on the same road, number one, ahead of us, you know, that we're actually watching them. They may be two, three, five, ten miles ahead of us, but we can see them. And they're traveling on the same journey. You don't want to pull someone that is not even on the road, not even, I know, somebody talking about, well, I'll tell you what. And, you know, using old kind of uh, knowledge that they gained from some, you know, body that they grew up with. No, that's not what you want. You need somebody that's on the road traveling and is going through transformative uh, uh, work themselves and are continuously going on it, and you see their humility in the way that they seek to know truth at all levels. That's who you really want to be uh, looking at and observing. Uh, and then those who will be willing to share their own struggles, and everybody has them. Everyone has something that they are uh, have gone through or are going through or just went through. And, 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 and when you have that kind of individual who can share that with you, this is what I have dealt with. This is the things that I have gone through. Uh, that's a wonderful thing to have. There, there needs to be a realization that together they are learning from Jesus, the ever-present teacher. All right? So that kind of mindset. You know, it's wonderful to see men of God. And here's, here's what I've seen to be um, a, a common denominator between people who are really seekers after truth and after Jesus Christ. 
is they all have a childlikeness about them, about truth. There's something just a magnetic about that person, no matter how long they've been in the Word, no matter how mature they've become in Christ, there's still a childlikeness about them as it pertains to growing and developing and knowing God and knowing Jesus. Man, I love that about them. You can see the, the twinkle in their eyes when it comes to growth and knowing. It's not stale. It's not stagnant. It's not, I already know this. It is a beautiful thing to see in their eyes, this wonderful zeal and passion about truth and knowing Jesus. That's who you, can, that's who you need to have as a spiritual advisor in your life. Those who have not lost that zeal, who is not the same old, same old anymore, that they, you give them a book and, and they get hold of it and they start reading and they start lighting up and they start telling people about That's who you want, that kind of energy. Number nine, if we have the humility to believe that we can learn from our brothers and sisters and the understanding that some have gone further into the divine center than others, and that's just the truth. We all come in this game at different times. We're not all going to be at the same level of maturity. So let's just acknowledge that and take advantage of those who have gone a little further in their journey to center. Um, we can see necessity. We can see the necessity of spiritual direction. As Virgil, V-O-G-T, I don't know how to say that, Vogt, of Reba Place Fellowship says, if you cannot listen to your brother... You cannot listen to Holy Spirit. I, I think there's just a lot of truth in that. If you, if you think that it's, it's, you know, we are the body of Christ. And every joint supplies the, 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 is a resource for all the other parts. If you can't listen to your brother, you probably can't listen to Holy Spirit either. Because... The key is humility. And if humility is not something that I'm humble before them, but I'm not humble. No, it is, it is, a, it is an attitude in which we live out on a day-to-day -day basis. And I think that's that glimmer in our eyes. That's, the, that's what we see in those who truly have a humility about them, is we see that, man, their eyes light up. No matter who it is who's telling them truth, they just, wow, yes, I, I want to hear that. that they're not... Uh, they, they, they're not uh, stiff and stiff-necked about those who they feel are, are not at their level. Um, so, again, if you can't listen to your brother, you can't listen to Holy Spirit. Number 10, also, if it is helpful to realize that there are many forms of spiritual direction. Preaching is a form of spiritual direction, as is the ministry of many small groups. So, uh, direction comes in multi multiple ways, multiple faceted. Uh, so it comes from the preaching and the teaching of the Word of God as it's inspired by Holy Spirit. It comes by being in a small group setting, as I mentioned to you earlier about our group, which I, I enjoy and look forward to. And there must be something to it. We've been able to sustain it for, for over a decade, so there's got to be some value to it. Um, John Wesley established the class meetings and the bands as forms of spiritual direction. The Bible itself functions as the spiritual as spiritual direction. For as we read it prayerfully, we are being formed more and more into the image of Christ. So our ultimate guidance is 
the Holy Spirit. Enhance, I mean, Holy Spirit, of course, and the Word of God to enhance those things are our small groups, the preaching of the Word of God. Because you see, if you're if you're if you're reading the Word of God on your own, and then you come into an environment where the goal is to be guided by the Word of God and by Holy Spirit, then it's going to cause an ignite. It will it will cause and igniting when you come into that environment, something will go off in you. Like something's like, oh, that's it. Yeah. Uh, and that's what makes for the group setting uh, to be uh, conducive to growth is when we are all uh, coming into the group, uh, having already spent time in the Word of God with Holy Spirit. Uh, when we come into the church setting, um, to hear the, the teaching of the word, we were already, we're all getting an individual private message and we're not having to catch up because we didn't do our homework. You know, we're, we're starting, oh, oh, that's what that means. I just read that. Oh, that's what he's been trying to get over to me. I just, and then it comes together when we get into those types of corporate environments. Limits of corporate guidance. And this will close us out in this area. And this is important right here because we kind of need to know that there are some limits. Otherwise, it can get really spooky out there with people trying to guide our lives. So number one, perhaps the most menacing danger is manipulation and control by leaders. If corporate guidance is not handled within the larger context of an all-pervasive grace, it degenerates into an effective way to straighten out deviant behavior. It becomes a guide, a kind of quasi-magic formula through which leaders can impose their will upon individuals, an authorized system through which all differing opinions can be brought into line. That is the danger of when you, when you seek and desire to be guided, is you got to make sure that there's not ulterior motives, like the need to control, like the need uh, to get you to do what I want you to do through forms of manipulation. That's why people need to be on the journey of growth in Christ Jesus so that those things that cause for control, that cause for manipulation, can be rooted out of them by time spent with God. That's why I believe it's important not to give the keys to a novice not to promote people too quickly because there's some things that just need to be worked out of people. There's just some things that need to be where they just need to get over some things. Otherwise, they'll use leadership as a means to manipulate, as a means to control. And that type of individual can kill, destroy a whole lot of things. And in the end, uh, the, the, the beautiful institution itself can be majorly damaged because of those things not being taken care of. You know, some of the some of the people who who have been hurt by control and manipulation uh, within the confines of church, it makes it very hard for them to reach them later. It makes it so difficult for anyone for them to 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 extend trust in anyone when they've been brutally hurt through control and manipulation by an institution which is supposed to be leading and caring for them. And so it's important for us that, that, that those types of things, that you be mindful of. If you see heirs of, of, of control and, and heirs of, of manipulation, and you just, just mm, you know, pull the reins back a little bit. 
Uh, and, and it's just nature, human nature. Um, until that's been dealt with at, at some level, uh, it, it will seek to do that because if it's been hurt, it's been wounded, we always protect the place that we that's hurt. If you hurt your knee, you see a person kind of favoring that one side. And so people come into leadership, maybe even legitimately in leadership, but have not dealt with some of those areas. And so you just got to be make sure that you don't run up against a Jim Jones. You don't run up against someone uh, that's uh, seeking to get you to go out to some unknown country and sell, you know, and, and give you some Kool-Aid to drink because you they, they don't want you to, uh, they want to control your life. No, 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 <laughs> Double no. That, that is a big no-no. So uh, one way you, you know that is, and I, I say this, you know, uh, people come and go in, 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 in churches. Uh, you know, I mean, over the, the 26 years of our existence, we've had a lot of people come to our church, stay for a little while, leave, and, and that's fine and good. Some people leave with legitimate reasons. Some people, I'm, I'm not so certain. But either way, they're not my people. They're not me to control and and go over here and you do that. And No, at some point, uh, I can give them direction. I can, if they want my 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 thoughts on something or my guidance in a particular be more than happy to give them. But the door is a revolving door. Uh, no, I don't lock the door when people come in and, and, and say, you can't come. That that's, that's not, that's not how it works. You have to give people the freedom to go and make decisions out of their own free will without there being an element of control there. So be very, very careful of that. Number two, the, the prophet Isaiah tells us that the coming Messiah will not break a bruised reed or quench a smoldering wick. That means basically uh, he, well, I'll just read what it has to say here. And that's in Isaiah chapter 42 and 3 and Matthew chapter 12 and verse 20. It is not the way of Jesus to crush the weakest person or to snuff out the smallest hope. Tenderness toward each individual situation must inform our deliberations. That is that. I don't know if you get that. And there, there is a, 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 a I think there should be a, a, a sheet that you, at least from last time, that has all of these notes on there. Actually, I'm not sure that these are on there or not. If not, we'll make sure that they get on there. Um, but it's important for us to understand that God treats human life with that same way. He says, uh, a, a will not break a bruised reed, and will not quick a, a smoldering wick. It's talking about. The, the wick of a candle and and a and a and a, and a, uh, a branch or or or, or reed, uh, he's so very tender with the with those things that are very fragile, and so it is um, uh, relative to uh, leadership and guidance. Man, it's never to crush anyone. It's never to to slam down on them so hard that it breaks their heart. It breaks their spirit. It it, it lessens them to the point where they just can't function. They feel so terrible bad. That means that every person's different. Um, you know, sometimes you'll hear about coaches and they coach every player. They coach, coach every player uh, differently. They coach, they have one kid, he may be from, from the, from, from the inner city. Learn, he's, he's been tough all his life. He knows how to take a tough word. And so that coach approaches him, man, listen here, if you don't get your act together, blah, blah, blah. And he comes at him pretty hard. And then he had got another guy who, who's not of the same temperament. He says, listen here, uh, Johnny, I need, I need a little more out of you. I need, I need you to push a little harder. 
So same team, same, same different people, but 99.9% .9 of leadership is knowing the people that you're leading. And to the point where you're not trying to beat them up, bruise them, wear them down, and wear them out. There's so many leaders who have done great damage to people out of their own sense of need to get them where they want to, not regarding them themselves. Number three, there is also a danger in the opposite direction. So we need to hear this as well. It is, it is possible for hard-hearted and stiff-necked people to hinder spirit-inspired leaders. While leaders need to, the counsel and discernment of the believing community, they also need the freedom to lead. You know, I, I think I've told you before uh, how uh, when I was living in Los Angeles, we would go to uh, boss training with uh, Al and Hattie Hollingsworth. And one of the things that uh, the Hollingsworth would do is uh, when we uh, went into, uh, when we started our session, uh, at some point, I can't remember if it's at the very, very beginning or maybe after a few instructions and then later on after we kind of got a, a sense of where we were going, um, uh, a coach would get in front of us and he would look us dead in the eyes with those sharp, piercing eyes and he would say, may I be your coach? And we'd have to respond, yes or no. And if we said yes, that means he now has a liberty and authority in our lives to speak to us, to maybe even call out some things that he, that he discerns by the Spirit of God. Uh, but if he, we say no, then you know what? We might as well go on home because at that point, he no longer has the license to speak. We, we if we're in any group, we must give people permission to speak truth to us. If you know they love you, if you know they care for you, give them the permission, give them the authority to speak some bold truth uh, into your life. You know, and that's the value of, of, of um, I, I like what uh, uh, one person said, and I don't know if uh, uh, they coined this phrase or not, but, um, but bold spaces. You know, you've heard of safe spaces, bold spaces. In other words, a place where someone can truly tell you the truth, you know, they can truly tell you the truth. We need those kind of people in our life. We need those bold spaces in our life where people are going to care enough for us to tell us and give them the permission to do so. Uh, number four, uh, we must never be seduced by Western democratic ideals into believing that every person must have an equal say about every triviality, T-R-I-V-I-A-L-I-T-Y, you say it the way you want to say it, in the community's life. God, uh, I'm going to just say trivial thing in the community's life. God appoints authoritative leadership in his church so that his work may be done upon the earth. So uh, all of those things, all things being equal, um, it's not necessary to have uh, a, a mindset in a church setting where everyone needs to have a say. No. <laughs> if everyone has a say, then you're probably not going anywhere. Um, if everyone has a say about some particular thing, then you're not really having a leadership you're not really showing leadership and influencing people to go in the same direction. Bottom line is people are going to pull and go in, in multiple directions and you're not going to get anywhere. There's got to be that kind of, of understanding that, you know what, um, 
I'm here because I believe in the leader. And if I believe in the leader, then I need to step, I need to get in alignment with. I need to step on board and stop trying to do my own thing, say what I want to say, have my own way. He, he said this. He might be wrong. He might be right. I don't know. But, but I believe, I trust God has put him here. And boy, that's when, when, you, when the Bible speaks of, of uh, how we are to treat leadership. It says, and I'm paraphrasing, it says, don't give them a difficult way to go. Don't make things difficult for them. If they, if God has told them to do something and, and, and they believe that, then don't make it hard, you know, hard by you trying to have your own way and have your own say. And if, if that be so, hit the revolving door, you know, hit the revolving door, go out and, and find another place where you can have your own way. And, um, you know, maybe there are places like that. All right. And last one, well, maybe not the last one. Number five, another danger is that corporate guidance will become divorced from biblical norms. Scripture must pervade and penetrate all our thinking and acting. In other words, if someone tells you something uh, that the Spirit of God is leading them and it is contrary to Scripture, that is not the truth. If they close up the Bible and say, I'm done with this word, I'm going to tell you, I'm led a different way now. Run as in terror from that kind of situation. Remember, <clears throat> there has got to be a biblical, a biblical um, um, uh, a a precedence for the things that the Spirit of God, he's not going to deviate from it. Holy Spirit is not. And so if you get in an environment where there is a deviation from that, that's not of God. That's not of God, you know? If you get in an environment where, where, the, where they're saying that uh, God is saying, you know, something crazy and weird, get away. You don't want that spirit to get into you, all right? So you can check. There's a check and balance on everything, and that's called the Word of God. We can, we can check people out. We can be like the Berean Christians. Go back home and see if those things that they say are true. Last one. Finally, we must recognize that corporate guidance is limited by our finitude. Boy, I'm having a difficult time with these words today. F-I-N-I-T-U-D-E, which means our infinite, our, our finiteness. Um, so we are fallible human beings. Don't we know that if we just tell us the truth? And there are times when despite our best efforts, our own prejudices and fears keep us from a spirit-led unity. Sometimes we simply see things differently. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? So know that any group you're in, if it was perfect before you got there, when you got there, you made it imperfect. <laughs> That's the truth of the matter. Anything that you deemed as being perfect, the very moment you and I step into that place, it has now become imperfect. And God does what he does in this earth realm. I'm amazed that he's around this long. I'm amazed that we humans have been able to carry this word successfully for now over 2,000 years as far as Christianity is concerned. I'm amazed at what he does despite us, despite our humanity, despite our 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 prejudices, despite 
uh, the things that are still in us that are broken, despite the things that are in us that need to be broken, that he still does it. So you're going to be times when, um, because of our humanity, we're going to not see things eye to eye. Is that a game changer? No. That's why love covers a multitude of sin. Love covers a multitude of disagreements. Love covers a multitude of, of you know, just the, the, the feelings of, of our indifferences on how we see things. So, so just know that um, you're going to, in the midst of a group, you're going to have people who are not always going to agree with you. But that's okay, you know. Um, you know, you see even in the Bible that there were times when uh, there was sharp contention uh, against um, the one's disciples and another's disciples. Um, there was, there was a, 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 even a breaking away. Did it, stop, did it stop the movement of God? Not at all. Not at all. It, it, it still went forward. It still, God does some wonderful things even in the midst of our, 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 decrepit, our decrepit humanity at times. And so know those things. Uh, seek after divine guidance. Seek after the guidance that God will put around us. Absorb it. Receive it. Know that God and others are not, not trying to do you in or me in. Don't be an islander. Um, seek to live in a wholesome, holistic community of believers who have your best interest in mind. And seek to grow. Seek to develop. Seek to, to have people in your life that will water you and and cause you to grow up into what God wants you to be through the discipline of guidance, that corporate discipline. I hope you've enjoyed this. I have. I've enjoyed talking to you. Um, remember, um, this is uh, to, to share this. If, if this means something to you, uh, share it. Send it out to other people uh, that, that may need a, 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 a look at this uh, and, and understand uh, some of these disciplines. God bless you. We're going to move on next week, uh, God willing, to the last one, and it is called The Discipline of Celebration, which, again, the book of this book is called Celebrate, The Celebration of Disciplines. And so I'm looking forward to sharing uh, about that uh, in these uh, next upcoming weeks as we move into Christmas. God bless you. Know that God is watching over you. Know that you're safe in his hands. Know that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Know that God has given you the spirit of wisdom and revelation of himself that you may know who he is and know what is the hope of your calling upon each one of his lives. If, if you desire to give today, uh, you can. Uh, uh, there should be information there. You can go uh, to our website. You can actually get one of our, uh, our apps and, and uh, give through the various ways you can, you can give there. You can also um, uh, mail it in if you so choose. We appreciate, we appreciate uh, everyone who over these months, uh, even over the years really, who have been so very supportive of this ministry. And God is our source. And we have wonderful, precious promises from him that if we will get involved in his business, he will definitely get involved in our business. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Remember, we'll see this again. It'll air again at 6.30 this evening. So you can pass it on before that. And it'll re-air again at 6.30. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for, for being uh, in, uh, in tune with us this, this evening. Blessings.